It's time for Blessed to Play on EWTN Radio, uncovering the role that faith plays in the lives of sports professionals from around the country. And now, here's your host, Ron Meyer. Fire score! My guest today is Doug Rossfeld. He serves as the chief of coaching staff for the Cincinnati Bengals. He came to the Bengals from Cincinnati's Archbishop Moeller High School, where in his one season as football head coach, that's in 2018, he led the Crusaders to a greater Catholic League title and was named the GCL Coach of the Year. Now, previously, he was the Director of Player Development for three seasons from 2015 to 17 at the University of Cincinnati for the Bearcats. He worked at Moeller from 2005 to 14 as an offensive line coach, also serving as the rugby coach as well. We'll talk about that. He also has some great talent as a football player, played at the University of Cincinnati from 1997 to 2000. He was named first team All-Conference USA after both his junior and senior seasons. Doug, it's so great to have you on. Ron, thank you for having me. I'm excited to, to talk with you and, uh, and share faith. Well, I had some great uh, players and coaches that went to Archbishop Moeller, and they're great athletes, but they're also great men as well. And this uh, high school not only forms you as a competitive athlete, but as a man to go out into the world and uh, be good at what you do. But talk about your formation at Archbishop Moeller. Well, I've, I've been blessed to have a few different trips through Moeller High School. Uh, first would be as a, a student when we moved back to Cincinnati. We had traveled around a little bit with uh, my dad's work. Came to Moeller High School as a young man and really felt a lot of clarity and growth, uh, personal growth and clarity on what I wanted to do for a living. Uh, at a young age, I felt strongly about becoming a teacher and a coach. Then left Moeller and went to the University of Cincinnati had a great career there, went to the Cleveland Browns for a short while and taught at Western Hills High School after my playing career was over before returning back to Moeller High School. This time, uh, been on my heels. My, uh, my w- wife, Stephanie, had passed away mm-hmm. shortly after childbirth. And some of those coaches that were instrumental in building me up as a young man, now they, they caught me as a, as a young father and helped me get my feet back under me, put purpose back in my life, um, and grow as a person again. And then after 10 years of teaching and coaching there and continuing to grow and grow a family and grow as a man, left and and went off to a coaching career at the University of Cincinnati, only to come back again for a third time (laughs) as uh, the head coach of the football team and met some wonderful people through different roles and got to grow again, both in my career and as a person. So I don't know that many people brag about going to high school three times, but it's been uh, greatly beneficial for me. Well, your last stint at Moeller in 2018, I'll be the head football coach, uh, Greater Catholic League champion, coach of the year, and you also coached rugby as well. But it went uh, far beyond that. You uh, did pilgrimages with your team. Uh, you did special things on Good Friday with your team. So this was not only about the sport itself, but it was about spiritual development of your players. I think bringing out the best in a person involves all aspects of life. And I think that is what makes Moeller such a unique place, whether a student sees themselves primarily as an athlete or a future doctor, engineer, uh, potentially a future priest, or just enjoying life for where they are at the moment. 
a good Catholic school, a good school anywhere, but, you know, Moeller High School in particular, will embrace that student's vision and feed it new ideas and new opportunities. And, and the teachers that are there, the teachers and coaches that work there, they're no different. It was one of the great blessings of my life that was to get to teach and coach at a Catholic school because I was growing alongside my students, along with my players. So prayer services, rosaries, benedictions, um, receiving the sacraments was so profound in my personal growth. And I was sitting next to 16, 17, 18 year old players and students of mine that um, it was designed for. And here I am as an adult man and I'm growing personally as well. So I got a chance to travel through some of the most unique and wonderful places in the world with students and, or to learn about those areas and come back and teach them. Um, and we did a, a really good job in the time um, that I've known Moeller to incorporate faith expression, not just faith development, but mm-hmm. faith expression into our sports. So we would take the Moeller Crusaders. That's their, their mascot. Living up to that was always important for me. And we have a tradition here in Cincinnati where people on Good Friday will pray the steps uh, in remembrance of, of the passion of Christ. And there'll be thousands of people that come every year to pray those steps over Holy Thursday and throughout Good Friday. And so we try to get our, our fighting crusaders to live up to their, their mascot's title or their name by going to this pilgrimage site. And we would landscape it and clean it up, uh, do whatever we could to prepare it for the, for the people that were coming to pray the next day. And then we would pray it ourselves. And I think that outward expression is really important in the young man's development, not just speaking about it or even coming to believe these important lessons, but giving them opportunities to express it and show that this uh, outward sign of an inward reality or an inward change has happened. Yeah, very well said. Blessed to play Ron Meyer chatting today with Doug Rosfeld. He's the chief of coaching staff for the NFL's Cincinnati Bengals. So you're in this very Catholic-centric environment, obviously, at Archbishop Moeller, uh, supportive nonetheless. And then you're thrust into the NFL environment, which uh, people from different faiths with no faiths, uh, a lot of talent, a lot of ego. How does that work when you're coming from that environment and then you're now in the NFL coaching with the Bengals? Well, I think it, it just depends on the role that you see yourself fitting into in another person's life. And one of the truths of the NFL is that the players are looking to raise their level of play and elongate their career. Mm-hmm. And the people that they will trust and continue to work with are people that uh, are genuine and are, uh, and are authentic, um, but most specifically will help elongate their career. And I think that's really just been my purpose in my career at any level I'm coaching or teaching is just to bring out the best in my students or my coaches and to do whatever I can to help them extend and elongate their their long and happy lives. You know, one of the strengths of the Cincinnati Bengals, as you know, the past several years has been their strong culture. I read a quote even from Joe Burrow saying that he he feels free to text anyone on the team at any time because that's how close they are. But you're part of building that culture, establishing that culture in Cincinnati. And, And I know there's a few rules there, Doug, that you go by, and one of them is, in your training facility, it says, it's about us, but you have two rules, and I want you to expand on this. Be on time and protect the team. Yeah, just, just two simple rules. Keep it simple and and enforce them throughout and make it so that everyone understands what the, 
the rules are for being part of this great culture. Uh, I think being in a culture should not be uh, restrictive. We shouldn't turn people away. But inside of those rules, inside that culture, there need to be some specific rules for participation. So ours, our, our culture of it's about us, uh, is based on two simple rules, and it's be on time and protect the team. I think being on time is uh, can go a lot of different directions when you when you describe it, but at its at its root, it boils down to just the respect of others, being courteous and conscious of the rest of your team and everyone else's time. So being prepared and being on time, we don't need you to be you know the old five minutes early is five minutes late. If you're on time, you're late. Nope. When the clock says nine o'clock, if we have a meeting at nine o o, be in your seat ready to go at nine o o. Um, that is an, an easy, measurable, achievable behavior. And that's what you're really looking for, for rules. You're looking for, for rules in a culture or in a community that are achievable and they're consistent and they can define the rhythm of behavior. And the second one is protect the team. And that's a little bit more mm-hmm. open for interpretation, but at its core, again, we're looking for people who are team minded. Are your actions doing the best thing you're capable of achieving for our team. Uh, are you consistently aware of the good of the team and the people around you? So we have one very specific rule and one very, uh, I would say, opaque at times, open to interpretation, but they both kind of produce a similar result in our players. And that is uh, respectful, courteous, conscious of the rest of the team and consistency. That's what we are looking for. Let's play Ron Meyer once again chatting with Doug Rosfeld. He's chief of coaching staff for the NFL's Cincinnati Bengals. And I think, Doug, every coach wants their players to buy in. We talk about this team called uh, this intangible called team chemistry. But we also talk, we see all we're in a stat heavy culture and we see all the stats and what uh, makes a team great. But I think you would agree that the team culture actually actually helps produce those good stats because of the environment they're playing in. Well, I think you need to assess the culture that you're trying to build for its efficacy. Are you finding good, positive, tangible results? Because otherwise a culture can just be um, a veil or a blanket that kind of covers up behavior that's good and bad. What you're looking for in the in the concept, what people I think really are, are striving for when they say we're building a positive culture in this place, is is it promoting personal growth? Is it protective of the people that are in it? And can we measure that? Uh, otherwise mm-hmm. there really isn't any virtue to having a positive culture if it doesn't have measurable achievable rates like we think that clarity and communication helps our players make you know rule number one be on time avoid fines like we we kid around we were kidding around before the show started that you and i but we don't want your we don't want your money we don't want we don't want the players money through fines we're trying to keep that kind of thing from happening well the clarity of rules and, you know, taking things like the doghouse out of those reinforcements. I, I was a, always have been a strong proponent of uh, immediate feedback with players and coaches and then move on. So if there was an incident in my classroom as a teacher uh, or with a student on campus at the University of Cincinnati or as a head coach working with a player, even here, there's an there's an immediate response, immediate stimulus to, to improve your, your behavior or improve your performance. But there is no doghouse. The minute that's passed, we are we're back on the same page because I can't continue to lift up and build up players and people if the first time we see each other and every time we see each other, there's still that little sting of negativity. So I do think that a positive culture can result in measurable, uh, positive outcomes. 
especially when it comes to personal growth and, and, and performance. Yeah, and that positive outcome also reared its head uh, by you going to the Super Bowl and two AFC championship appearances. That had to be a just a tremendous uh, opportunity for you, but the fruits of your labor right there before your very eyes. I, I like to think so, and I and I don't. I know. I'm not naive. I don't, I know that culture doesn't throw a pass to Jamar chase. And <laughs> I know that, uh, culture may not knock a ball loose out on the goal line and, and Sam Hubbard didn't pick up culture and run it 98 yards for a touchdown. But, uh, the culture, I like to think, and I believe in my heart that a positive work environment and a culture that strains to bring out the best in individuals gives those phenomenal athletes, those men, the best chance that they have to continually execute their job at the highest level. And that starts with looking forward to coming into work in the morning. So we have everything from funny uh, slides on our PowerPoint presentations to free throw shooting contests um, to build positivity, to be, to build enthusiasm, and then to just reinforce our clear, consistent messaging that they are destined for great things God has a wonderful plan for them, and we are here to help them proceed in that direction. And I do believe that when you set those, you set that table, these stud NFL players or uh, the young high school players, whoever you're working with, they will sit down and they will eat. All right, it's halftime here on B2P. On the other side, we'll talk about our ladies tough guys with Chief of Coaching Staff of the Cincinnati Bengals, Doug Rossfield, when Blessed to Play returns after this. to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Welcome back to Blessed to Play. Ron Meyer joined today by Doug Rosfeld. He serves as chief of coaching staff for the NFL Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals have had some great success in recent years. Super Bowl appearance, two AFC championship appearances, a ton of talent on that team. And I'm not going to go through the players. If you follow the NFL and the Bengals, you know where the talent lies. And one of those talented people is Doug Rosfeld, who brings a great culture to the Queen City and, uh, and some great results uh, as part of that culture. And the culture does have a tangible effect. Uh, Doug is humble about that. But if you create a good culture, you could get measurable results for sure. But Doug is also a great spiritual leader as well. And I teased this before we went to the break. Doug uh, started a group called Our Ladies Tough Guys. And uh, kind of coincides with the NFL season where they'll have a saint that they'll either pray to, do a devotion, a teaching. But tell us, Doug, why you started this group and uh, how the men have responded. Well, it's a it's a fun group of men. I think that's the first thing. So anytime you're in a group of faith development with friends and coworkers and like-minded people, that's always a positive. And I think my dad said it well, that try to be the best man for who you are at, at your stage in life. Uh, try to, if you think that you are... Um, 
in need of some pastoral care and mm-hmm. you need some strength and development, then be cognizant of where you are in your life and look to find people that can give you experience or expertise in that time period. So we're, we're where a lot of us are like men and guys, we're NFL coaches, fathers, husbands, Catholics, and we're all on a different spiritual walk, though we're professionally in the in the same uh, organization. But it gives us a chance to meet together, uh, not too frequently. I, I think we have a, a priest named Father Tom Ray, who's just wonderful, um, and he'll provide us with uh, short video messages or, or reflections. He'll say mass for us uh, over Zoom and digital on the on road trips, and just give us a spiritual nourishment uh, that we need. Nourishment that we need. We combine that with saints for each week. Mm-hmm. Might have to do with a particular moment where we are in the game, or a feast day that it aligns with, but a tangible medal that we can put in our hands and stick in our pockets. So we always have. On game day, there'll be the whole group of us will have those medals in our pocket or tucked in our sock or, um, you know, in our lockers as players. And just as a, a reminder of the, the things that are the blessings that are available to us as Catholics and also the calling that we have to be great men for the Lord. And I think this is important because I think some, t- especially in our society with social media, that masculinity is kind of. Uh, being presented in a way that God has not intended. I think that's the best way of stating it. But I, I think in, in groups like this, you're given, trying to give an authentic masculinity based on what God wants for us males. Can you talk a little bit about that uh, in reference to Our Ladies Tough Guys? Well, I think that the title itself, I always think is funny. I read it from an old book that referenced that that uh, may or may not have been one of Notre Dame's earliest uh, names for their football program before they had a mascot. They it was a reference to their football team uh, in passing these and that. And it's always stuck with me. Um, I think I found it when we were up at the Grotto as a rugby team at Notre Dame before tournament. And it resonated with me because it's, it expresses that duality of men that we're trying to achieve. There is um, a need to be strong and to be very powerful in our prose and our words and to act with conviction and strength. But then the strongest of, of men also need to be humble before the Lord and to pray with, I, I've always found that, that other side, to pray with the kind of gentility and, and uh, humility that I like to think perhaps Jesus embraced his mother Mary with uh, in, in life. So the dad that needs to be running around with the boys and uh, tussling with them in the yard and making, getting all the kids to do work. Also, I need to give both my sons and daughters and my wife, you know, uh, be that gentle, approachable person. So it's a fun name, like just kind of a wordplay on behalf of, uh, of our lady to be the best versions of ourselves. Uh, we use that phrase when I was at Moeller for a long time ago, esto vir, esto optimist, just be the best man, the best version of yourself that you can possibly be and humbly offer that to the Lord. Well, let's talk about our lady because, uh, you know, sometimes uh, with a, a male or a masculine figure, we don't talk about the mother of God as part of that journey a lot of times. But Our Lady of Guadalupe, in particular, an adoration to her, and when I say adoration, praying to her, to obviously to Jesus, was an important part of you overcoming some really some uh, great challenges in your life. I think that sometimes the challenges of this life can distance us 
from our relationship with God. And I can speak to that personally, where difficulty in my in my life, both with the um, being a widowed father, mm-hmm. being uh, facing just the difficulties of life in that in that part of my uh, part of my time of life. It really I let get to my head and and create separation between my faith life. And I never, I can say that I I don't think I ever lost faith, but I was more disenfranchised with it. Knowing and believing that it was real actually made me more angry. I felt, I remember thinking like this would be much easier if I, if I didn't know in my heart of hearts that there was a God, that Jesus died on the cross for us. um, And that like, that would have been much easier to handle these moments in life. And I think one of the truest blessings that I found in my, in my Catholic faith is the, the 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 wide variety of tools that are given to us to kind of catch us as we drift, whether that be the rosary or the um, the communion of saints. I talk to the guys often about like when you get lost, it's a little bit like walking in tall grass and you just can't see, just barely can't see above the tall grass and to know where you're going. So you end up kind of chasing all the distractions of our life that run right in front of us. But what God gives you, he didn't give you like a ladder. I don't believe to climb a climb up in, or a GPS unit so that you can see where you're going. You just get these little one inch stones that you can just barely kind of stand up and just barely see over the edge of the grass. And that might be in the form of, uh, of a missalette or a, or a rosary ring or a St. Jude medal or uh, a song or a, a particular homily at mass. And with enough of those, you can just see just enough over the grass to know, oh, that's where I need to be heading, go in that direction. For me, um, Our Lady of Guadalupe was that. It was a statue uh, for our garden in my little in my little condo. My son and I, just the two of us, had. Mm-hmm. And to this day, we still have that that statue uh, to Our Lady. We have one in the front and one in the back of our yards, and it just is a constant reminder that there is a net being thrown out to catch all souls. And those of us who can see it and are aware of it. We're best to just do our best to be part of that. The best we can be in life is a one-inch stone for somebody else to find their way to God. When I'm talking to you, it, it, you're a person who's over- overcome adversity away from the gridiron. But I have to ask you, when you played competitively, and obviously if you play sports competitively, you're going to face adversity. Did that help you in your spiritual life with the adversity of life, so to speak? Um, I, I think it did. I don't know. I'm, I'm still growing as a person. I you know, day to day, I try to look back on how I did yesterday and how I do today. I think that being a 43-year-old man in this country has its own set of adversities and challenges mm-hmm. that a 25-year-old man in this country um, has yet to relate to. And vice versa, it's hard for me to look at some of the guys I coach and really truly be able to put myself in their place. Um, but I do know that that the, uh, the faith is a walk that and so too is life and there are adversities and there are lots of tools and moments to uh, help us overcome those moments of adversity and there are lots of tools to help us avoid those we were kidding around uh we had some very dear friends of ours uh came over and had a seder meal to kind of teach us the customs of passover and we enjoyed it so much because we were finding the the love that is in our our ancestry and our heritage as, as Catholics and the, how much God has given us rules that really are for our own good. They, they, they're they at their best. They're kind of helping us avoid some of these difficulties we find ways to put ourselves into. So um, I think having a, 
adversity in my life has had me has probably helped me be a little bit more aware that these aren't the first nor the last that I'm going to face Mm -hmm. and that, uh, they are not things that I need to have faith stored up in my pocket to overcome, but rather how does my faith grow and how do I grow as a person as my life continues and, and the good and the bad come with it. Yeah, it's almost like when you, you go day in and day out to football practice and that practice prepares you for the game. So when you live this spiritual life day in and day out, it's going to prepare you for those times that are adverse, that come across. You'll be prepared because you've practiced that spirituality up until that point. And Doug, I want to talk about your family here. I'm, uh, you and your wife, Abby, have six children. And uh, I'm going to get a kick out of this. They're all going to, uh, yeah, I think you have four in All Saints School, uh, probably a grammar school, one that goes to Mount Notre Dame High School. And then you had to convince Will that he was going to Archbishop Moeller High. <laughs> I did. Well, and my mom was a LaSalle cheerleader, which is a, a rival of Moeller. And my dad went to St. X, another wonderful school that's a rival of Moeller. And somehow they got a Moeller guy out of it. So I think <laughs> we've got most of the Cincinnati Catholic schools uh, covered in our family. But no, we do. We have six wonderful kids. We uh, were married and went through the annulment process, which was a difficult one, one of those life obstacles, yeah. and came through it with the support and assistance and, and just the due process of the church, really turning over like with great humility and trust and going through a long, arduous process. And we're married and did something pretty cool. We walked out and Everyone was kind of clapping hands. We turned and walked right back in, and our daughter, Emma, was baptized immediately after, um, right right there in the church at All Saints, and then struggled to restart a family, really had uh, difficulty, and, and turned our, our attention toward St. Jude, and through a novena and, and constant prayer for healing, we found ourselves in the blink of an eye with four more little ones, Adele, Patch, Hope, and Roman joined us, so we do. We've got a big family of six. Four of them going to All Saints School. My daughter goes to Mount Notre Dame High School, and, and Will goes to Moeller. So we've got our hands full. We, we, I can't tell if I'm coming or going half the time, but I know I'm busy. Well, that's great stuff. Well, Doug Rosfeld has been our guest. Uh, what a great uh, person he is uh, trying to build the culture there for the Cincinnati Bengals, but also building the culture for Catholic men, starting a group called Our Ladies Tough Guys. Well, Doug, thanks so much for the time. I really do appreciate it and sharing about your, uh, obviously, your career in the NFL, but also the spirituality behind you and uh, what motivates you on a daily basis. Thank you for sharing that right here on Blessed to Play. Thanks, Ron. God bless. Hey, Blessed to Play fans, check us out on the web at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two play, dot com. You can like us on Facebook and hit us up on Twitter at Blessed to Play. For Doug Rosfeld, I'm Ron Meyer. We'll catch you next time right here on Blessed to Play. You've been listening to Blessed to Play with host Ron Meyer on the EWTN Global Catholic Network. If you have a question or comment about today's show, feel free to email us at info at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can also connect with the show on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. Again, that's blessed, the number two, play.com. Join us again next time for Blessed to Play on the EWTN Global Catholic Network.